you gonna give the trophy back? You guys keeping a trophy or you gonna give it back? As long as you keep paying How about that? How about the rings? Are you gonna keep the rings? You gonna keep the rings or the MVP or you gonna give it back? Just keep paying come see us. I'll come I'll come to do this. Seven twenty WGN. It's WGN Sports Central. That was a random fan taunting the Houston Astros. Astros are going to be at Guaranteed Rate Field August twenty eighth to the thirtieth. White Sox will also be down in Houston June twelfth to the fourteenth. I just I can't. I'm having conversations. Just random people coming up to me. Whenever they want to talk sports right now, it's about the Houston Astros and people are getting angry and angrier. And so now I'm you know, I'm thinking to myself, as far as White Sox Weekly was concerned, what do you want the Sox to do? And then I'm like, eh, it's more of a sports central topic. I mean, really If you are if you're all bent out of shape with the Houston Astros and you want the Astros to pay, well, what happens when the Sox play them? Now, I mean, you go back in time, 2017, I mean, the White Sox were a victim. Danny Farquhar was on the mound. He heard banging from the dugout, quote, almost like a bat hitting the bat rack every time a changeup signal got put down. This was Farquhar talking at the time. All right? After the third one, the third time he heard it, he stepped off. And, quote, I was throwing some really good changeups, and they were getting fouled off. After the third bang, I stepped off. So Danny, to his credit, was paying close attention, and you know, apparently it was quiet enough there in, in Houston for him to hear it. So the White Sox were a victim of this. Evan Gaddis got a single in the at bat. Uh, you know, so okay. Now here come the Astros. They're coming into Guaranteed Rate Field. You're angry against Jose Altuve against Carlos Correa. Do you want? Do you want? The White Sox, do you want Lucas Giolito throwing at a Houston Astro so he ends up getting suspended? Yeah, we showed them. Do you want Do you want any of these guys doing it? Would you take a guy like, let's say, all right, let's just throw random reliever out there. Kelvin Herrera is having a bad year. He's gotten roughed up in the last four games. He looks like his shoulder's about to fall off. Hey, Kelvin. Will you come out of the bullpen and fire at at uh, Carlos Correa? Will you will you plunk Alex Bregman? And yeah, you're gonna have to take some time off, but you know you're not pitching particularly well right now. I don't want any of that. I really don't. But I am curious, like if you're go, like will you make a point of going out and seeing the Astros when they come into town? Like would that be a game that you, you would circle? Let's go out there. Let's let's make a sign. Let's let's get in let's let's be angry fans. 312-981-7200. there's this I don't know. I am I'm listening to Paul Canerco talk about it as if you were listening to the end of the last hour. And he was just so measured, right? And actually you know, and then he was asked by the way, uh cut eight, Curtis, would you have wanted to know what pitch was coming? You know, if, he, if, if the White Sox were doing stuff like that, it was actually an interesting answer from Canerco on whether or not he would, he would want to be in that situation where he would hear banging, right? 
oh, I know that it's a changeup or it's not a changeup. It's something hard. Would Kanurka want to be in that position? Yeah, I, I would say I didn't like, and we for some reason I was thinking about it like we never really had a push or a movement to relay signs like from second base, right? Like a guy out there like making a move or doing, hey, when I look to my left, it means he's going in, right? Because it's yeah, whatever. We never really had like a group of guys that did that. I don't think I would have wanted to get into that because as soon as that's found out, someone's getting hit right like I should get hit and it's okay to get hit so I was always like and I I don't know how I could process it quick enough like to me again like going back to way but if I knew and I knew many times we had some good guys that did it about a pitcher tipping sets here gloves narrower gloves flared a million different things that he could do right um all that stuff I'd take that all day I take that all day because I, I was told before the game or even mid game or whatever it was, and then you can maybe watch him do it a few times, and you knew okay, that's that's real. That's that's he's doing that. So somebody, I thought the most interesting part of that for me was somebody's getting hit. Somebody's getting hit, or somebody should get hit. Should get hit. No real gray area there. If you are cheating, if you are figuring out what the pitch is illegally with technology, then you should get hit. And or not even technology in the case that Canerco's laying out there, right? If you're just out at second base and you're giving signals, well, then we're going to throw at you and we're, and we're probably going to charge the we're going we're gonna to charge the mound and we're going to probably charge the guy at second base too. So this is, but, but now you're, we're well after the fact. How long do you want to hold things? Uh, but And then part of it feels wrong, too, right? Well, let's just let bygones be bygones. Well, I don't know if we can do that either. But from an actual player standpoint on the field, I wouldn't want to see any of my guys getting suspended for games to throw at the Astros to, to prove what point. I would want them to dominate the Astros and be vocal about it when they do. Or doesn't even have to be vocal. You just want to give a little, 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 little flex of the chest. Little little bicep action after I strike you out and or hit a home run off one of the Astros pitchers. Like I, I don't I don't mind a little extra taunting going at their bench. But retribution for 2017, 2018, 2019, putting putting players on the Astros in harm's way and putting your own guys, they're gonna lose money, they're gonna lose time on the field. If I'm a fan of, and I maybe I purchased a game to go see the White Sox played because I knew that Kopech was pitching next week and now he's suspended because he threw at somebody. I wouldn't want any of that. I just wouldn't. Um, 312-981-7200. Carm, bang trash can lids at random when the Astros are at bat from Bobby D. Now, Bobby, that's funny. Like To me, if you're walking in there and you're banging on your seat or whatever you're doing and causing a little bit of havoc, I, I find that entertaining. Make that a giveaway at Guaranteed Rate Field. Well, right. You can make it a giveaway. Or... You know, there's different things the White Sox could do along those lines. I mean, if you're, if you were, uh, you know, I, I don't, I see, I, I don't think the Sox actually would want to jump into that and be like, hey, you know, we're we're giving that feels like more much more minor leagueish. We're going to give away trash cans. But that's a great that's a great way to get butts in the seats, though. Especially if if people are really that outraged about right, this whole w- thing, and they want to have some fun and, and mock the Astros. Uh, I think you would. I think you, you would sell out. Maybe maybe you would. 
but I, I don't know if if I was the White Sox, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. My question is: Is this going to stem over into June? Like, is are we going to? Is it still really, going to be a conversation? Yeah, point? is it still going to be a conversation point come June? Like when the Astros and the White Sox take the field, is it really going to be at that point, or in the first month and a half of the season, is it going to be? A beanball show, and that's going to be the end of it for the players. I mean, I think the first time they come to town in any city where they haven't been, it's going to be a thing. That's the first time you see them. That's the first time you see the jersey. Even with the White Sox, it's not all the way until August 28th. I still think it'll be a, a, that'll be a thing when they come in. It'll certainly be a talking point. Might be a little bit different. How's the season gone? When did it ease up? But in the text line going here. I'll, I'd go to a Sox Astro game for the garage cannon stick giveaway. See, there you go. <laughs> 815, I, I think I believe you. I think I do. The garage can, the, the White Sox can't do that. I, if I was Rob Manfred, I'd be like, no, 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 no. We're not doing any promotions around noise in the Astros. That, that's why they're taking signs away. But, the, but what they can't control is what people are saying. You know, if a guy's going to walk down to the dugout and yell at the Houston Astros, I suppose you could kick him out, but that would be way out of bounds from what baseball has always done. 312-981-7200. Busy show today. Joe McEwen is coming up. Congratulations to the Northwestern women's basketball team. We'll talk to Joe at 245. Coming on back here, though, getting a little football. Mitchell Trubisky, a lot of comments from his head coach, Matt Nagy, earlier in the week. Going to play some of the most, uh, what I'm calling important ones, most relevant ones, and what's going to happen going forward here. That is next. It's uh, Sports Central, 720 WGN. He is young still, um, and I know we keep saying that, but he, but he is. But you also now uh, you give direction, and now he needs to follow it. And, and that's going to be what, what we're really focused on is, is making sure that he does that. And don't worry about results. Who cares? Worry about the process. And if he does that, we'll be in good shape. So that's Matt Nagy talking about his quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky, who he's saying is still young. (sighs) He doesn't feel young to me. I don't think he feels young to Ed Obradovich. He certainly doesn't feel young to Dan Hampton. And I don't think he feels young to Bears fans. It's true in football terms, I suppose he's slightly young in the fact that he only started 13 games at North Carolina and he's only played two full seasons in Matt Nagy's system. But the dude's 25 years old. And he's, you know, he also throwing eight starts with the John Fox led Bears. He's been out there, he's been around. He's not uh, young, is, 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 is kind of hard to hear at this point. So now he's down at the Combine in Indy, and, and both him and Ryan Pace are talking. And Ryan Pace said absolutely nothing. Very, he just didn't. But Nagy was a little more interesting. And so I got three cuts that I want to play from you from Matt that I thought said a lot. Uh, this is him being as honest as he possibly could be about what the offense was last year, and he, I think he paints a pretty accurate picture. Offensively, we know we struggled in a lot of different areas, but we're about fixing it, okay? If we're okay with what we did last year, then we're in the wrong place, and we're not. So we gotta, we got to fix things, and so uh, how do we do that? Well, we get good minds together that talk it through. We're real with each other. This wasn't a good play. This wasn't about the players. This was about the coaches, right? And, and when you can do that and show account 
accountability, then you continue to build that trust. And so our goal is to be a lot better offensively. And if that's less is more, then great. And whatever that is, we'll work through that the whole way to training camp with, with all those coaches. So he says a lot there, right? Number one, build that trust. What do you read into that? I read into it a lot. Clearly, he didn't think the players actually trusted that he knew what the hell he was doing. That's what I'm hearing right there, which is part of the reason why you now have Bill Lazor as the offensive coordinator coming over from Cincinnati, and you've got just a you've got a Clancy Barone who's now coaching tight ends. You've you've got John D. Filippo who's coaching the quarterbacks. A lot of movement with the Bears staff as they try to, quote-unquote, build some trust with the players. And now they're going back through the plays. That wasn't a good play call there. That was a bad play call there. Hey, Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky, knock, knock. We're not putting it all on you. We've changed up our staff. We're looking at what we did wrong, and we're going to do everything we can to make it better for you. Now, Mitch, you've got to do something, too is get onto the film on his own and really hammer through um, you know, what he's looking at. Now, uh, he, I think that for him, the processing part is what has to has, – you have to get to a point to where you're so obsessed that no matter what you're doing, you're always watching film. I mean, we're at a point now where, hey, in, in, in these next several months before they get back in here, April 20th or whenever that is, um, he's a complete expert at knowing – he needs to know it better than me. And, and I think that's, that's the goal. And um, he'll tell you that that wasn't the case last year. That's not a slight on him. He's in year two of it. But I want him to, to make sure that that's where he gets to in the future. So I think it is a slight on him, for the record. He doesn't know the offense as well as I know the offense. What you'd want the coach to be saying, you know what, I'm incredibly impressed with Mitch. I've been doing, working on this offense for nearly a decade. And he's been here two years, and he already knows it just as well as I do. He has spent countless hours in that film room and has learned it. And you know he'll say things to me that I didn't even realize. That's what you want to hear, right? He doesn't know it as well as I know it. He better know it as well as I know it in April. That's what I want to see. And I'll be honest, I, I got to wonder, what, what, what has he been doing? Because all I hear about is the guy's, oh, he's a hard-working Mitch of the football is his only thing in life. And here's Nagy talking about the dude needs to be more obsessed, right? So I thought this was his only obsession. I didn't even think that Mitchell Trubisky watched TV or ever went out. I thought it was all football, 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 football. But here's his head coach saying, dude needs to be more obsessed. He needs to be thinking about that offense when he's taking a shower, when he's, when he's doing anything in life, when he's making a cheese sandwich. I want him thinking about that offense until he gets it. And right now, he doesn't get it. He, he does not read defense as well. I think what he's also saying is like, hey, man, we went out and we got Chase Daniel to be basically an assistant coach behind you last couple of years. We have now gone out and changed up the whole offensive staff for you. I am looking myself in the mirror in ways that I didn't really want to in the past and trying to figure out where I can be better. And by the way, we're going to bring in a veteran quarterback, so you better be ready to go. Because if you're not, I'm not going to, you know, Ryan's not going to lose his entire career, and I'm not going to get fired as a head coach because you can't play. I mean, I think we're kind of, we're, we're getting to that point here. 
Let me let me get one more from Madden. He he does acknowledge that you know he, yes, Mitch wants to be a really really good quarterback. I do know that Mitch is very hungry uh, to to he understands that we want to we want him to play better. He understands that we want to coach better. So now we cannot worry and dwell about what happened last year. If you do that, you get stuck in mud. We can't do it. It's clean slate, and now we got to get better for this year. Okay, okay, we're moving forward. I'm excited to move forward. I'm excited to see what's coming. What's coming looks like it could be Andy Dalton. The Athletic wrote this, according uh, the Bears have, quote, been in touch with the Bengals on Andy Dalton. Lindsey Jones wrote that. Now, Dalton's 32 years old. All right, that's not exactly, uh, talking about not young. 32 is, we're, we're, we're talking strict veteran here. You got to pay him $17.7 million, so nearly $18 million bucks, And he's under contract. So you got to trade a second or third round, whatever he's worth pick to get him. The Bengals have the number one pick in the draft. They're in all likelihood going to take Joe Burrow. Does that excite anybody? 312-981-7200. And then there's just journeyman for hire. Gimme Case Keenum. Been all over the NFL. It'd be like bringing in Josh McCown back in the day, which I loved, even though I didn't know it at the time right when they brought him in. But I, he... Dude played better than Cutler. Now, Jay is a way better quarterback than Mitch, so he was able to hold on to his job. But if you bring in a guy like Case Keenum and Mitch falters and Keenum plays the way McCown did back in the day, he's going to be the starter. And they'll have to you know, figure out whatever they're going to do with Mitch. That's a name that I think is viable. And he was, in, he was with Washington last year with Dwayne Haskins. And then you know, there's Marcus Mariota who spent a ton of time in Tennessee. That's kind of interesting, but like it's, I still go back to like the most interesting name by far that I don't hear talked about at all, except for me, is, is that guy Tom Brady, man. You're clearing all this money out. You've got this elite defense. You're, you're going to have to get creative to fill up your tight end position. Maybe you do it in the draft. I don't know. But... All I'm hearing more and more is that Brady's leaving New England. He's not going back there. All these guys in the know, I'm telling you, he's not going to be back in New England. So why does it have to be the Las Vegas Raiders, man? Why does that have to be the case? You, the Bears know. Don't, don't the Bear, don't the Bears know at this point? Don't you think they know that that Trubisky's never going to be the guy? Like, what percentage chance do you actually think that Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are sitting room like I'm telling you? These new plays that we're coming up with right now and this new coaching step, we are going to unlock something special. Like, do you think that was that those words came out of anyone's mouth at Hallis Hall in the last month? It's probably more like, well, look, if we dumb down the offense to this level and we really just hone in on these couple of plays, I think maybe he can be minorly effective, more effective. We, I'm telling you, he can be more effective. He can do this. Let's get excited about this. So, you got the goat sitting out there. He's 43 years old. You, you're, you're in your championship window. You're clearing up money. Get rid of Leonard Floyd. You got more money. And then you bring Brady in town. He, Brady would be the biggest acquisition in the city since... You tell me. I don't know. I mean, I can't even think of somebody like that coming in here. I mean, Marion Hosa. Let's go Blackhawks. Let me go. Let me. Who's the biggest Bulls acquisition free? Carlos Boozer, not going to work. John Lester, 
There's one. Okay. But it would, I mean, it, it, imagine the conversation. If Tom Brady came to Chicago, it would be unbelievable, and I'm here for the entertainment. It's not happening. But then I look at the names, like, you got to trade a third-round pick to get Andy Dalton. <laughs> Case Keenum, okay, go ahead and do it, but no one's excited. Marcus Mariota, I'm not excited either. But I do like that there's some honest conversation going on with Matt Nagy and company about what Mitch is. And, and the fact that he named that this guy needs to work harder and learn more, I thought that was pretty telling. All right, 312-981-7200 is the phone number. Coming on back here, my favorite athlete ever. Had some very interesting words. We'll get into that. Uh, Yes, MJ speaking. We'll do that next, 720 WGN. Seven twenty WGN Northwestern basketball coming up at the top of the hour. Dave Bennett, Billy McKinney on the call. Joey Meyer not making the trip to Nebraska, so Billy is in there today. Arguably the all-time greatest Wildcat. Uh, so I'm looking forward to hearing Dave and Billy on the call today. We'll talk to Joe McEwen who is taking the Wildcats to the NCAA tournament for the second time in his Northwestern career. Big Ten champions, huge crowd yesterday at the new Welsh Ryan Arena. Uh, That was awesome to see, so we'll talk to Joe coming up in about, oh, I don't know, 12 minutes from now. Uh, Before I get into Michael Jeffrey Jordan and his amazing speech about Kobe Bryant, uh, the great Kobe Bryant, interesting story this week from college basketball. The National College Players Association... They're, which is a nonprofit they advocate for the rights and safety of college athletics. They're asking the NCAA to hold their tournament games without fans in the stands because of the coronavirus. No fans. Let's play the games in an empty stadium because it is too dangerous. Now, I think you heard in, in James Sears' news that we've had now three cases in Illinois. And this has uh, obviously a chance to have an enormous effect in a million different ways, and sports is one of them. So I don't know what the NCAA will do. Quote, NCAA staff continues to prepare for March Madness, but we are keenly aware of the coronavirus and will continue to monitor in coordination with state, local health authorities, and the CDC. That's from NCAA Associate Director of Communications, Chris Radford. I'm not to the point where I'm not going to go out and do things. I mean, but I am. It is interesting, right? You go into a stadium, there's 20,000 people there. Where are they coming from? All and NCAA all over the country traveling, right? How'd they get there? On a train, on a plane? I'm not a doctor. I don't know what's going on. But then, you know, I, I, I rode a cab the other day. The guy's like, so yeah, I'm not going to the airport. I won't go there. I'm like, Really? That's interesting. So I don't, I mean, who knows what's going to happen here? The, the NCAA tournament play without fans in the stands? Are we going to, are we really going to, what, what's going to happen in the baseball season? I mean, all this is in play, right? Which is part of the reason why we're seeing the markets go crazy and, and everything that's going on. But it's, it's interesting when you think about it from a sporting standpoint. You don't want to go traveling, go to a stadium, there's 20,000 people there, man. Uh, it's, it's 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 obviously something that is being looked at. All right, let's get MJ in here. So Michael gets invited to speak at Kobe Bryant's memorial, and 
it's like it's, it was so awkward, right? Because you hadn't seen him in, in forever, and I didn't realize that him and Kobe were that close. And then he was super emotional, which was awesome. Like this was they were good friends. They would text at two in the morning. But then Jordan started like to talk about the things that he appreciated with Kobe. And he dials up passion. And Kobe Bryant was passionate, incredibly passionate, just like Michael. And so I thought this quote was just vintage Michael Jeffrey Jordan. This kid had passion like you would never know. And it's, a, it's an amazing thing about passion. If you love something, if you have a strong passion for something, you would go to the extreme to, to try to understand or try to get it. Either ice cream, Cokes, hamburgers, whatever you have a love for. If you have to walk, you would go get it. If you have to beg someone, you would go get it. So I, I love him. But when he brought up, like, whatever your passion is, and I'm not trying to be insensitive here. Uh, I'll miss Kobe Bryant am- amaz- uh, immensely. Guy was going to do a ton off the court. But this is hysterical. Whatever your passions are, ice cream, Cokes, hamburgers, 312-981-7200. I'd love to hear some of your passions. Like, what does that even mean? If you're passionate for ice cream... Like, is he talking about working at Baskin-Robbins and starting your own franchise? Are we doing Homer's ice cream here? And he says, walk or beg to go get it? Like, I love ice cream. I'm a huge ice cream fan. I could have a milkshake every day. But what would it look like if I was truly going for that passion? Like, is MJ saying that I need to walk across the city to go to Lickety Split and, and get get a banana split at 2 in the morning to show that I'm truly passionate about ice cream? I'm trying to figure this out. Passionate about Cokes? What does that mean? Am I supposed to drink 12 Cokes a day? I am so passionate about Cokes. Cokes? <laughs> does that mean that I love regular Coke, Diet Coke, Coke Zero? What does that look like? Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. I need help here. And like Jordan has always had Jordanisms. If you could perceive the perception, like there's just he's always said these things that basically make no sense to the regular English language. But yet, if you understand Jordan, you get it. Is the differentiation of the process that I was adhering to? Excuse me. I get it, Mike. You wanted the ball on the left side with two seconds left, and you were going to score. I got it. But this is unbelievable. Passionate about hamburgers? Anyone? You have three hamburgers a day, one a day. What does passionate about hamburgers look like? I love hamburgers. I love cheeseburgers. I like steak, meatball sandwich. You're passionate about hamburgers, ice cream, Cokes, hamburgers. This is, this is truly, this is, this is legendary stuff. And I don't know, I think everybody was just kind of like sitting there amazed that Michael was talking and giving this great heartfelt speech. And then he just, he just drops all this stuff out there. I'm like, okay. Um, I, I mean... I was thinking about my own passions in life. Like I loved, I love to work out. I love being on the radio. I, you know, want to work incredibly hard to be super prepared. These are passions. And ice cream, 
hamburgers, Cokes. And then I'm like, well, are my true passions in life? Is it is it actually like Snickers, coffee, uh, yogurt, bacon? Maybe these are my passions. I, I might have to rethink these things. 312-981-7200. I'm just looking, I'm looking for what the passions are out there. Is this guy going to yell at me? Robert's mad at me. Robert, welcome to WGN. Hey, no, yes. No, I'm not. I'm not mad at you at all. I'm okay. Just, I'm just. Uh, you know, I think you're just taking it way too literally. Like, <laughs> I, to me, he was he was at a loss for making a um, right a, he, an analogy that that made <laughs> sense. So he just he just said something but, that's kind of. But Robert, I, I get that part of it. But how does he come up with ice cream cokes and hamburgers? <laughs> like what? That's isn't that maybe, isn't that amazing? Maybe he didn't get to eat before he gave the speech and he was hungry or something. Showing him for a hot dog and a, and a cake. Or maybe, maybe, I don't know. That, that, but, that could have been it. MJ was hungry. I think that's, yeah, as, that's I, as plausible an explanation as there is, Robert. I didn't, <laughs> I mean. But it's like, it's like if you, you know, if you, if you, if you're a kid and you want to go to college and, and your folks don't, you know, they don't have the means to send, you're going to do whatever it takes to get there. I, right. I, I think you know what he was after. Of, of course, of course. Yeah. But I just, I'm just trying to figure out how he came up with ice cream, <laughs> Cokes, and hamburgers. Yeah, it was a little odd. And, and it was brilliant at the same time, too. Like, hey, man, if you really are passionate about hamburgers, you are going to, you are going to, you will walk from the south side to the north side to the west side to go get that burger that you like. Yeah. So God I'm, forbid you want mint ice cream and it's not, you know, right. you have it at the first place you stop at. Right? right, exactly. Thank thank you, Robert. Appreciate you. You're welcome. Have a good day, you guys. All right, 312-981-7200. Ice cream, Cokes, hamburgers. What's up, Jim? Welcome hey, to- what's going on? Yes, sir. All right, it kind of cracks me out that someone's passion could be drinking Coca-Cola, but <laughs> I don't know, like, even in the winter, I like to throw chicken on the grill and just let it smell and just cook <laughs> out, or I'm, I'm Polish, I like to make pierogi if that's a passion. See, there you go, there you go, Jim, your passion is chicken and pierogies, right? You didn't even realize that until Mike... Well, you know, it, it takes a whole family, you gotta make like 400 at a time, so it, it takes a whole, you know... Is it, do you do you do you agree with our previous caller, Jim, that Mike was maybe just hungry, or are these actually true passions? What do you think? I think it's a true passion, man. It's, you know, <laughs> like even though I cook more than I eat, I just want to have people eat like in the summer. Ah. I just like to I just like to see the smoke going up. You know what I mean, man? Yeah, no, I got you. It's a true passion for you. Thank thank you, Jim. I, hey, I'm, I'm, I'd love to come over and have a pierogi and uh, and and some chicken. That'd be delicious, uh, Jim. Huntley, Passions, Ice Cream, Cokes, Burgers, welcome to WGN. What do you got? Yeah, well, I, I just two points I want to make. Uh, uh, one one uh, first comment would be, uh, I guess it's a little insight into his intellect. That's number one. And number two, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, number, number two <laughs> where was MJ's passion when he left basketball to go play baseball? Well, I think his, his passion was he was incredibly... Uh, in a rough place, man. His father had been murdered, and he and he was yeah. trying. And he was trying to. He was trying to find his childhood. I think again. That's how I take it. I know, like every uh, Jim, you're one of those guys that think he was kicked out of basketball. Are you that guy? Well, no, I'm not saying he was kicked out. I think he left because somebody told him to leave. Yeah, no, I well, so that would make him kicked out. I I don't think that's the case, Jim. I know a lot of people have that take. I, I just don't see why. 
the NBA would ever say, hey, Mike, sorry that you bet on a couple of games. We don't want you. And I don't think he was ever betting on, like, I appreciate the phone call. Wasn't, I don't want to go down that road. Like, he wasn't betting on the Bulls. Did anybody ever think that Michael didn't do anything but try to win a basketball game? Um, 312-981-7200. This, this is a great text. Did MJ do Coca-Cola commercials? He did. And McDonald's. That was my other theory. Like, maybe this was a way of him just kind of slipping in some McDonald's love here. I mean, that was when Michael came into basketball, David Falk wanted to make him the all-American guy. So they went to McDonald's, Chevy, and Coca-Cola. So he was driving a Chevy, and he did that forever, right? The Blazer. People remember those commercials? He would shoot the, the, the ball through, through the, the moonroof, sunroof. McDonald's. McDonald's gave him 25 grand, 25 G to sponsor him. And I think the story goes because I, I was that in Carolina they're like ah, we don't know how to use Michael for McDonald's might have to get rid of him they fired that person they, and they figured out you know MJ representing McDonald's is probably a good thing so that's a thing he maybe he was just maybe you know he was think I, that could have been it he was thinking about business his passion was business and his and his business passion turned him to ice cream cokes and hamburgers love you Mike. All right, Joe McEwen, Northwestern. Congratulations. He's next. 720 WGN. 720 WGN. Huge day yesterday at the new Welsh Ryan Arena. Joe McEwen is the head basketball coach for the Northwestern women's basketball team who are Big Ten champions. Uh, Joe, congratulations. Amazing scene yesterday. 26 wins, uh, most for... Northwestern in the NCAA era, which is quite a long time. This is a, it's an incredible season for you, and congratulations. And I know you've been working hard at it for a long time here, Joe, so we're, we're super happy for you. Oh, thanks. I really appreciate it. It was an unbelievable crowd. And, you know, just the, the new arena at Welsh Ryan, just see people excited and coming out. And, uh, you know, to, to play that tight game senior day for a championship uh, just really proud of our players. Yeah, you're. You had your family move here. You were head coach at George Mason, uh, and you came here yeah. <laughs> for for a long, long time. You come here 12 years ago, and I know Jim Phillips told you at the time, like, "Hey, this is probably not going to be an overnight thing." Uh, when you kind of yeah. re- reflect back on, on being in Evanston for that long, is it has it been harder? Has it been easier? I, I know you love being a part of the whole thing, but uh, it, it it was not it was not easy to get to this point, was it? No, no, we we had a, a lot of heavy duty uh, work to do when we got here, recruiting and you know just changing changing the program, trying to get fans, and I, I think it helped us so like that that during that time, you know, Coach Fitz in football, um, are, uh, he started to win in bowl games, and uh, you know Chris Collins made made a historic run, and our women's sports, uh, our lacrosse team won national championships, so it's just it's it's a great time to be here, but. You know, in basketball, it was just, uh, you know, we paid a lot of dues. And uh, we got to the NCAA tournament in 15, and then, um, you know, this will be our, our second time. We had a couple great teams in between, but uh, just couldn't finish it out. So, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a lot of work. But, um, but you know, it's, it's a great place to, to be. And, uh, like I said, really happy to be here. So if I said George Mason, by the way, Coach, I, I, I'm just getting old over here. I, I, know, I, I know your path, and I knew it was George Washington, but apparently I, 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 I got to do some brain exercises over here, so I apologize. But yeah, well, I, actually, we, 
we lived in northern we lived in Fairfax, Virginia, which is closer to George Mason than George Washington. Okay, okay, okay. That that's what I meant, Coach. That was it. I hear you, but the traffic that that was a different story. So, all right, let, let's rewind back to last year. You guys are in the WNIT. You make it to the championship game. Did you know coming into the season, Coach, that you were on the verge of doing something special like what you've done so far? Yeah, you know, Mark, I appreciate you saying that. I thought I thought uh, getting to the finals last year was huge for us. And, you know, I kind of put a chip on our shoulder. And I think our players were like, you know, look, we're going to the NCAA tournament. We're not playing in the NIT anymore. And, uh, you know, it kind of made my job a lot easier. Uh, yeah, and I'm I. What you mentioned a second ago about making your job easier, I you know I, I wrote down as I'm thinking about talking to you. Do you introduce recruits to Pat Fitzgerald and or Chris Collins? And of course, Fitz Fitz has been the the face in Northwestern for so long here, and he's in like he he did you know basketball on the radio sitting next to Dave Ennett a couple of weeks ago, and and I felt like going out and running through a wall for him, you know, just sitting next to him, coach. So I mean, that's a guy that I would think you'd want to use. Oh, uh, he's the best, you know. Like in uh, anything that I've asked him to do since I've been over the last 12 years, you know, he's, he's right away, Coach, where can I help? Whether it's talking to recruits or, uh, you know, speaking at events. And he, he uh, I bring him in to speak to my team. And, you know, he brings that linebacker mentality, uh, you know, even, even in a pregame when I ask him to say hello. Uh, he's the best. We're really, really lucky to have him. So that's interesting. You'll, you'll bring him in for a pregame speech? I love that. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, he'll come in. Um, you know, talk to my team right before, at least once a year. I'm, I'm saving him for the, for maybe for the NCAA tournament this year. Well, but, uh, it's like bringing uh, somebody out of the bullpen, bottom of the ninth. Yeah, are you going to get a home game here, Coach? We need a home game. That atmosphere has got to continue <laughs> on here. I hope so. I hope so. We, you know, it's it's an incredible environment to play in now. So. Uh, you know, some of those things, you know, we just got to keep winning in the Big Ten tournament. But, um, you, know, you know, I think we've done a lot of, you know, a lot of the RPI work that you need. And, uh, you know, we put ourselves in good position to host. And we'll see where that goes. So how, how does that work, Coach? You have to be in the top what to be a host? Top 16. So top four in each region uh, would host the first two rounds. I mean, so that, that would be uh, – you know, again, they look at everything from your schedule, your non-conference RPIs, and you know. So I think all our numbers are really good right now. Um, but you know, those those things can be. Uh, you know how bracketology is. Yeah. So you you feel like you need a couple of wins in the Big Ten tournament to maybe winning the Big Ten tournament to really solidify. That is what I'm hearing. Well, that that would help. We, I mean, if we won the Big Ten tournament, uh, you know, I think we'd have the potential to be uh, even a, a two seed, a one seed. Uh, you know, there's so many things that can happen over the next you know eight or ten days. Okay, coming up March sixth down in Indy here. How do you? Uh, you guys are right, as red hot as you've been all year here, right? So I'm assuming you feel very comfortable going into the tournament right now. We do. Well, we do, and, and our players got a lot of confidence and. Uh, you know, we 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 earned a double bye, so we won't play till the quarterfinals on Friday. Right. Uh, so it gives you a little rest time this week too, with you know mm-hmm. trying to you know get everybody healthy and on the same page, and uh, and give them a couple of days off too. Joe, Joe McEwen from the Northwestern Wildcats, head women's coach. First time the Cats have won a Big Ten title since the eighty nine ninety season. A program record twenty six wins. That's, uh, again, the most wins for a Northwestern team, breaking the 24 that they won back in 89 and 90. Now now 14th 
in the AP poll, which is your highest since, since 2015. You know what the next question is, Joe? How are you going to keep this going? You got a bunch of seniors, and, and I know you have you got some returning guy, returning uh, talented players as well. We do. My thanks. We uh, you know we have five seniors that you know kind of been through a lot their their careers here and. You know, we played in Evanston High School for a year. And, you know, we've asked a lot out of them, uh, trying to rebuild our facilities, and you know, they, they've they just put the, put us in a, in a great position. And we'll, we'll return, uh, you know, Lindsey Pulliam, who's played on the USA teams. You know, I, I think is the best player in the Big Ten right now. And, uh, our point guard Veronica Burton. So we'll, we'll we'll return three starters and four of our top six. So yeah, and we signed. You know, we feel like on paper we signed some really talented. Uh, freshmen coming in, so yeah, I I think we're we're pretty solid right now for a couple of years. Is there a story with any of your players you like to underline, coach, from Lindsay to uh, Abby Shire, Abby Wolf? Any anything that you're you know super proud of that you you want people to know about? Um, well, you know, just uh, just really proud of them. Abby Shire, um, like you know, yeah, our whole world is recruiting. So I went to her house in in Elk River, Minnesota. And I'm allergic to cats, and she had this cat everywhere. <laughs> and my eyes popped out of my head. I stayed I stayed in the home visit the entire night, but I was running back and forth to the bathroom. And her mother thought something's wrong with me, but um, I, you know, I survived carrying the cat, and I got Abby Shide, who's now the leading three-point shooter in the country. So uh, People have no idea why people go to colleges, right? <laughs> That is impressive, Coach, because I, I I, I'm like you in that I'm allergic to cats, and if I see a cat, I'd be like, look, Northwestern's phenomenal, you're going to get a great education, I'm incredible <laughs> to play for, but I can't do this, so if you want to go meet at the Red Roof Inn down the street, let's go talk. <laughs> yeah, I had two choices when we left her house. I was either going to stop and get to the emergency room, or I was going to stop and and uh, get something to eat. So we, my, my assistant coach, who's the head coach at Dayton now, she was laughing so hard, but she was scared to death because literally uh, my eyes were shut now. Now I got, I, you know, I can't breathe. And uh, we survived. Like, did, now she's, uh, you know, she's she's had an incredible run for us. And did I hear that right, Coach? You you slept over? Is that a thing? Oh, no, I'm sorry. We were at her house, though. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah I, think Jim, I think Jim Harbaugh does that. Right? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like something that, that Jim would do. All right. Hey, Joe, I just wanted to have you on because, uh, A, you guys uh, deserve huge congratulations, and, B, of course, Northwestern and WGN have been a partner for a long, long time. And when sure. I saw, when I, you know, A, watching the game yesterday and even before the game, like seeing Fitz uh, tweeting out about people coming, and I, I couldn't go yesterday because I had commitments. But I, I'm, looking for, I'm hoping you have a home game, Coach. I'll be out there, and, and I, I know the crowd will be amazing. So congrats on uh, the experience yesterday. Okay, Mark. Thanks for having me uh, on. And again, we're we're big fans of WGN, so uh, yeah, love the partnership. We appreciate that, Coach Joe McEwen, first class all the way. The Northwestern Wildcats going to the NCAA tournament and winners of the Big Ten. We got Cat Hoop coming up here, Dave, and it of course, and a special guest for you, Billy McKinney, alongside Dave today. One of the great Wildcats of all time. That is next. Quick timeout. Seven twenty WGN.